My name is Philia, and I'm here with my lovely and amazing co-host, Yemi. Hey, guys. Welcome to Treading Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly Bible study podcast dedicated to diving into the Bible with open, honest, fun, and sometimes difficult conversations that surround everyday life and our faith walk with Christ. As we know, the central feature of faith is trust, and in the Bible, the central object is God's promise. So, Yemi, what are we diving into today? Well, right now we are on an intermission for our second corporate fast, 40 days with the most high sugar fast. We are using a daily devotional to guide our fasting journey with scripture and testimony. The book is called The 40 Day Sugar Fast by Wendy Speak. So let's jump right into days 22 to 27. All right. So this week when doing these daily devotionals, I thought a lot about how God sees us. What does God, who does God say we are versus what the world says we are, the things that we listen to, the things that we internalize. Um, So on day 22, the topic is spiritual and mental clarity. (laughs) The scripture is from Isaiah 30, verse 21. And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Amen. Amen. I love this scripture. It's one of my favorite scriptures because I always look for direction and guidance from God. I'm always asking, what should I do next? What should I do next? Because I don't like to make things up as I go. I struggle with taking that leap of faith. So I need that direction. And what the author tells us is that when we are in fasting and when we're doing it correctly, we're actually setting aside time for God, we get clarity. And when we're abstaining from something that is a distraction or a crutch like sugar, um, maybe shopping, television, social media, whatever we're abstaining from, and we devote that, give that time back to God. We tend to get to hear more from God. We tend to hear a little bit more clearly, especially when you're reading the word. The word is living. Sometimes when I read the word, I'm like, oh my God, that is right on point. This is, this is things that I've been thinking about. God, this is a timely word. So this is why we want to be in fast. And this is 40 days. So we have a lot of opportunities to spend quiet time. You may not do it today, but you can do it tomorrow. Always try to make sure you're setting aside time for God. Yemi, I agree with you. Setting aside time for God is key and very imperative for you to seek the clarity or the mental clarity that you're looking for. Because I think at this time, I feel like this really focuses on discernment. This is the time that you really are looking to listen to what God is telling you, almost like obedience. And I think when you are hungry, that's the time when you start to feel these things going on in your body where you start to say, you know what, I need to focus on God. I know for me, the example was when I started to feel a little restless, I wanted to go back to my old habits, which is to munch on things. And, you know, but this was the time I said, no, let me sit, let me relax, let me be still and let me listen to my spiritual music. That was the thing that was giving me the mental clarity that I was looking for. Because like I said, it's it's like discernment where the Holy Spirit actually guides your moral compass in this particular time. Amen. Amen. I like that you mentioned when you got hungry, you turned away from the things that you used to do. And that's very important. Day 23, the title is Hunger Pains. Mm. 
<laughs> the reading is from Psalms 63, verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. Amen. Amen. So right when you said when you said that when you're hungry, you didn't want to turn down, turn to the things you used to. I know I struggled a lot with the eating after 8 p.m. And I had every time I did it, I admit, I, I faltered. I talked so badly to myself. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? I would call myself names, all those kind of things. But I would say like, listen, you have an opportunity to get it right. You have an opportunity to get it right. So instead of saying the negative things to myself, I started encouraging myself to get it right. And I love that when you have the hunger pangs, when you're in a fasting season, that is kind of like a reminder what you're doing and why you're doing it. So even when I'm doing it after and I'm talking to God and I'm like, God, I don't know why I'm doing this. I need help. I became to understand why I was doing it because when I was struggling with the hunger pains and the the eating after eight and why I ate and what particularly I was eating, I was eating carbs, <laughs> pita bread and my homemade tzatziki sauce, right? That's what I was eating <laughs> late at night. And when I was talking to God about it and I realized why I was turning to these things because I was feeling like lonely, like at night is when I want company. I have a full day. Like everything is happening. I'm working. I'm totally focused on work. But when nighttime comes, who do I turn to to talk to? And that's when I start doing the eating. And I realized when I was talking to God that I need to be talking to God. I need to be finding something else to fill, to, to fill it with. I said to myself, hey, if you are hungry, when you told me that when you're hungry, or when you're feeling anxious or whatever, things are crumbling around you, you start listening to gossip gospel music, I told myself, hey, you can listen to gospel music, you can meditate on the word, you can do something else, but you do not need to eat. You're eating out of frustration. Mm -hmm. You're eating out of, I had to say these things. I had to confirm what these truths are to myself in order for me to move past it. Um, yeah, me, I love the fact that you said that you had to look and turn to God and ask, why are you doing these things? Because I think this particular chapter or this day of hunger pains, I think that is so key because during a fast, I mean, a lot of us, when we first got into it, we knew that we were getting in, into this fast to get to know God. But in this time, we're also being transformed and our minds are being renewed in that process. And yes, we are only a little over halfway in, but the day from day one to now, I feel so much more spiritually inclined, so much closer to God. And also I feel more disciplined making that decision to not run to the cabinet or not start to munch because I want to keep myself occupied and keep myself busy. I knew at that time that that's when God was talking to me. That's when I needed to focus the most. That's when that mental clarity came in to say, wait, hold on. Don't go back to those old habits. You are now made anew. You are now fresh. So what kind of decisions are you going to make to align yourself better? It's to call on God. It's to listen to the music. It's to do the readings. It's to probably go back to these stories that Wendy Speak is talking about to see the similarities. And I think for me, I that's why I think thematically, I think the idea of discovery is what we could fall on because discovery there's no downside to discovery. When you know, you do better. And it's like the discovery of knowing God, the discovery of knowing how to align yourself, the discovery of discernment, the discovery of, of, of knowing the word and how the word can lead you. These are the things that I start to feel that I'm starting to gain 
from just this time during this fast. I, I so appreciate it. And I think at this point, we're coming closer to the end, right? We're more than halfway there and we need to turn it up. Like I said, I struggled initially a lot, especially with the after eight eating. And I struggled a lot. And then when I had the talk with myself and I told God that this is what I wanted to do, I knew I needed to take it a step further. We're not just fasting from sugar. We're also doing the 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., which is the biggest struggle for me. When we are in this fast, now that we're more than halfway through, we're discovering our, some things about ourselves. Mm -hmm. What happens when you're in a fasting season, sometimes the things you bring to the altar are the things that God may address. But certainly something else may come up. God is there to heal you. Whatever you said that you wanted to, whatever you brought to the altar in the beginning, remember we said before we go into fast, really think about the things you want to let go. Think about the things you want to nail to the cross. Whatever you said, God may be dealing with that, but there might be something underlying that's causing you to do these things. So day 24 was heal is healing past hurt. The verses from Matthew Chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Mm. Isn't that amazing that we can just give everything to God? Not just that one thing that we thought about when we were coming into the fast, but we can lay ourselves bare before the throne and he can open up all wounds. I know for me, I keep a lot of things close to my chest. In fact, there are things that I don't even want to think about. If things are going to make me upset or it's going to make me really sad, I will quickly dispense it. I don't want to I don't want to go down that road. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to deal with it. That's how I deal with it. But sometimes God is like, "No, you have to face these things. You have to understand that this is the cause of whatever you're laying at the throne. It's these deep emotional wounds that you're you're hiding from that you didn't address." And you know, I'll say it now and I've said it before and I'll say, you know, and I'm going to say it again in the future. Sometimes we need therapy. We need help to uncover these layers and have the tools to deal with it. Because whatever manifests now may be some hidden trauma, maybe something that we don't want to address, maybe something we don't actually know how to address. So that it manifests in something else. I think I said last week that my anger, I said this on the live, like when I was so angry, I didn't realize that the anger was a manifestation of my sadness. I didn't accept that I was sad. I just said I was angry and I was angry with the world and everyone and everyone did me wrong and people were so bad and bad things happened to good people. And I was so focused on the anger that I didn't realize that there was deep sadness there first. So sometimes we do have to lay ourselves bare because if I say, God, I want to not be angry. And he's, and he says to me during my fast season, well, why are you angry at me? And I say, I don't know. And he's going to be like, you're sad about X, Y, and Z. Let's deal with that. Yeah, me, I love the fact that you um, talk about God knowing us, right? Because I think in this, you know, when I start thinking of this idea of discovery, God knew us from before we were in the womb. He knows our hurt, but he also wants us to call on to him. He wants us to reach out. He wants us to ask him so that he may deliver because he would do it anyway. But if we call out to him, we are now starting that communication with God. And like I mentioned also on the live, like there was some past hurt that I was dealing with in my relationship. And I remember an incident had occurred that caused me to immediately go into a frenzy. And 
I was so happy that at that particular time, the, the, the person who I was calling didn't answer the phone because it allowed me to sit and start to reflect and say, wait a second, this is not the way, you know, because what happens instinctually, we fall back into our old habits. And it was that time and that moment that I really, really asked God to please put peace in my mind because I was feeling hurt and I was feeling almost like unworthy. And I was back to that wounded girl who, you know, was seeking for love in all the wrong places. And by asking God to fill my heart with love and fill it with peace so I can be okay, it was momentarily, like literally it almost seem miraculous that it happened so quickly because I would say maybe within 10, 15 minutes of just focusing on God and nothing else mattered at that time, I was literally felt like I was healed at that moment. And by the time the person called me back, I was like, okay, I wasn't angry anymore. And I felt like this is how God works. You just have to call on to him. You just have to believe in him. And that's the way you relinquish all of this healing and this hurt so that you can take and heal it. Amen. I, I love that. I love that we are coming to the throne and discovering more about ourselves and discovering more than God, more in God. Because if if it had not been for this conscious, concerted effort to give everything to God, to say like, instead of going back to my old ways or my old things, my old crutches or whatever, I'm going to turn this to God. When a situation arose and you turned it to God, there was a positive outcome. You know why? Because God loves us. God loves every single thing about us, even the bad things. (laughs) He forgives us because he loves us. Day 25 says, God cares about the details. In Ezra chapter 8, verse 23, so we fasted and sought our God concerning this matter, and he listened to our entreaty. That means God is listening. When you fast and seek out after him, he's listening. And the Bible says he can do above more than exceedingly all that you can expect and imagine. Imagine that. You came to God with problem, maybe two. Maybe you're like, God, I I really need I need a financial blessing. I need this miracle. Not only did he give you a financial blessing, he gave you ideas to ideas to increase whatever he's giving you and ways for you to give to others because that's what God does. He cares about our entirety. He wants the best for us. I think that's something that we need to really, really believe that God loves and wants the best for us and in us. So even when bad things happen to us, and it will, God can turn that and use that for good. I, I I like the fact that you mentioned that because God does know about us and he does care about the details, but those details just shows how much he knows who we are and he wants us to know him. He wants us to trust him because he already has all of the answers, but he wants us to be able to go to him and say, God, you know, um, whatever your will is for me, I humble myself. I have humility because at that time, once God, once you relinquish that, you're right. God will supplicate and replicate and do all of the things that will multiply your life. So like in this fast, we were going for one thing, maybe abstaining from 
uh, the sugar, but then in this, God is transforming us and renewing us for so many other levels that we are we are uh, lacking thereof. And He says, "You will you will have no reason to have you know be anxious for anything because He will will be able to heal us in all forms or fashion." So I think this is the time that this idea of paying attention to detail. This is where it comes in for God. Amen. Amen. And you know, when, when God gives us, he requires more of us. We're in this fasting season and we're seeking God and we're trying to get closer to God and God is blessing us. He's giving us clarity. He's given us discernment. He's giving us blessings. He's given us healing, but then he requires more of us. So yes, we're fasting. How do we use that? Are we setting a good example for others? Day 26 title is As For Me and My House. This is a very, very famous scripture. <laughs> and um, it's from Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. It says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said this because, I mean, leading the people of Israel from captivity, from the wilderness, Joshua became uh, the leader when they were in, in the wilderness. Leading them from that 40-year period of them walking around in a circle <laughs> because they couldn't quite get it right into the new promised land, conquering and leaving. And he's like, I'm passing this on for on to you. He's telling you, you have a choice. God is like that. We have free will. We don't have to serve. God, but we know there's consequences and we know that there's benefits to serving God. So you get to choose, but sometimes people need guidance. And so when Joshua is saying you get to choose, but me and my household is doing, he's setting the tone for his generations and generations and generations to come. He wants them to be in alignment. So here's the question for everyone. We're fasting. How are you pulling your household into alignment? I mean, I know that my my mom is participating in the fast, kind of. <laughs> but I, and I, I invited my brother, I think my sisters in the chat, but I don't think they're really participating. And I want to know what I can do to help guide them into having this spiritual journey that I think is so beneficial. I've gained, this is our second fast, and I've gained so much already that I know at least we're going to do it twice a year because I think it's so worthwhile. So how do we set the tone? How do we set the example for the people in our household, Philia? I think that's a, a great question, Yemi, because this chapter made me really think about the tone that I set in my household, where there are people who are in the chat, but they're sometimes they're partially participating, whether it's because of their jobs, whether it's because they just weren't really totally committed because they found it difficult. Sometimes you got to prepare yourself. But what I'm really thinking about is when you, you think of your house, you have to set the tone for your household. Like when you ask people to take off their shoes, right? And they come in and get disrespected, 
you don't allow that, you know, and it's the same thing for God's house. Like he wants us to be aligned with the things that he wants for us. So if we don't follow suit, I'm not saying that he would throw us out, but it makes it very difficult to go because it's like we, we, we're that lost sheep and he seeks so vehemently to try to get us to come through. So I think in the same way that, you know, God goes after that one sheep that's lost, it's the same way we have to go, go get our family members and our friends who we want to be aligned in the same way, that's the way that we go after them. We have to look at them as the lost sheep, even though maybe not mine, they're not lost, but that vigor, that that um, a motivation to say, hey, I want you to get blessings too. I want you to be blessed, you know, because I know the transformation that I'm feeling and I'm, I'm witnessing. I want that for you as well. So I think using that motivation is probably the way the way you're going to set that tone. Amen. I think I I love that. I love that we can chase after. Um it's not something that I'm inclined to do, but if God commands me to do it, <laughs> I will do. I I'm I am the type of person who's I'm not trying to convince anyone. That is always my position. If I say something and you say something different, okay. <laughs> like I don't need to convince you that I'm right. You don't need to convince me that you're right. We can have different opinions. I'm okay with that. And I feel like maybe I haven't been as forceful, maybe. Maybe I haven't, and I don't want to use the word forceful because I don't want to force anyone to do anything, but I haven't chased. So I have to give that some thoughts. I mean, you guys, let us know what your thoughts are. When we have the live, I really, really want to know how you guys are chasing your family members. And, you know, we, we're not supposed to stop just at our family members. I mean, when we're fasting, we are, we may submit our family members to fast. The first time I fasted, I submitted a family member to fast. That was the very first time I fasted. One of my family members were in trouble. I didn't know what to do. So I fasted and submitted my family member to fast. And I believe God heard me and, and did something miraculous. And so... Yeah, I was I was actually in college when I did it. I I didn't know what I was doing. I had no guidance. I asked my friend who um is Muslim about how she fasts, what does what does it mean? What does she do? So I kind of copied that for like three days. <laughs> you know, we can submit our family members to our fast. We can submit our issues to the fast, but do we stop and think about the world during this fast? So day 27, the title is The Kind of Fasting God Wants. <laughs> okay, so this, this reading comes from Isaiah. It's Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6 to 9. This is the kind of fasting I want. This is a message from God. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed grow free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here. He will reply quickly. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. I I like this. Yeah. I think <laughs> I never really thought about fast for the world. Honestly, right now I say the world is on fire. I don't think there's any inch of this planet 
that isn't in trouble, whether it's climate change, whether it's hunger, whether it's income gap, whether it's poverty, war, what you name it, this world is on fire. And it becomes so overwhelming for me at times that I have to blank block it out. I told you that's something I do. I don't address it. I don't deal with it. It will make me quite anxious, make me run to my crutches like carbs, mm-hmm. make me decide that I want to either binge on TV or just go to sleep because I don't want to deal with the world and its problems because I don't know how. But I can bring it to God in prayer. And God is saying with direction, you can do certain things, right? Like if you know someone is hungry, you can you can give it to them. If you know your family members need them, you can show up for them. If you know someone who's oppressed and you can do something, do it. He's giving direction to people who are leaders. And we're all leaders in some capacity. We all have a, a, a even if it's a small bit of power or authority or or like upper hand on someone, we have the ability to help. I think this direction came because God was, you know, the practice of fasting had become so practice, uh, became so routine mm-hmm. that it didn't penetrate the soul. Like, no, you're spending time with God, but it's like, I'm just fasting. This is our fast. This is what we do. But you're not really it's not piercing the veil. Mm-hmm. It's very superficial. You do it because you're supposed to do it. You do it because other people are doing it. Maybe you're doing it because you want to lose weight. But God is saying, no, when you spend time with me, I want you to learn about me. I want to love on you. I want to give you things. But don't just turn around and be wicked. Mm-hmm. Don't turn around. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not wicked, like I don't think any of us is like deliberately wicked, at least from anyone <laughs> and part of to make, right? right? I don't think any of us is deliberately wicked, but sometimes we ignore the needs of others right. because this world tells us that we need to worry about ourselves. We need to take care of ourselves. In fact, when we submitted our stuff for this fast, did you submit someone else or did you submit yourself? I submitted myself. <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, the author is telling us you can do that, but also how do you show that you are changed? How do you show that you're healed? How do you show this fast is working? It's with works for others. Interesting. You know, Yemi, I want to say that it is this time where sometimes reading these um, scriptures or even these um, uh, daily devotionals, they mean something different when you're hearing it from someone else. And I think at this time when we're looking at what God wants. Like I, I'm reading it line by line and I'm like, okay, because I always talk about being a conflict avoider. So anything that's going to cause conflict, whether inner, internal or external, I'd rather avoid it. I just don't want people to be upset with me. Sometimes I don't say no because, you know, then I overwhelm myself and over, you know, a, a exert myself. And then I'm the one compromising. And then I start to feel like, everyone is doing this to me when I'm the one that allows it. And I realized during this fast that I am saying no, but my reasons for saying no is to preserve what God has for me. It's like now I'm using it to help others. So, you know, where people would just, you know, I would say, just ask for things just to do it. It's like, it has to be purposeful now. It's like, no, I'd rather use this time doing this, or, you know, I, I rather be using this time for myself so I can, I can focus on God. And I think for me, that is the thing that I'm learning, you know, that I'm learning to do, like feeding the hungry, for instance, like I'm actually taking things to shelters now. I'm not just doing it during Christmas. I'm actually doing it now, you know, where, 
if I have a, a, a lot of things, I'm actually dropping it off now, you know, to shelters, um, people who need things. Sometimes I'll see a text from someone who needs something. It's like, oh my God, oh my God. And I'll be like, all right, I'll just answer them later. I get to it immediately because I don't want them waiting or wondering, you know, but it's just becoming a lot easier with me not worrying about hurting people's feelings, but the honesty is what's helping them because I can now say, you know, I can't do this, but I can give this. So I won't be able to loan this, but I can afford to do this. I just think that there's a more of a transparency that is happening now. And I'm not worried about people not liking me or people being upset if I say no. That was a very big concern because I was a people pleaser. Now I'm a God pleaser. Amen. Amen. I love that. Yes. I love that. <laughs> well, I we hope that you enjoy this uh, this podcast or this discussion on days 22 to days um, 27. Stay tuned for announcements and our closing prayer. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on our fourth full week of our 40 days, the most high sugar fast. Remember, the goal of this fast isn't that you will begin to choose healthy food options. It's that you will come to see Christ as your only option. Treading Faith is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Please, Check out our Instagram page for updates. And if you like us, simply spread the news and follow us. Don't forget to click that like button, though. Then you can comment and share with your family, friends, and neighbors alike. Now, let us join together in prayer because we truly believe in the power of prayer. God desires that we come to him and be restored back into his grace and favor. Isaiah 55, 11 says God's word does not come back void. Since our prayers are strengthened in numbers, we ask that you come into agreement with us for this closing prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you as your children, disciples of Jesus, who want to win in life. Father, in and of ourselves, we cannot win without you. We need you. And so we come before you in humility, declaring our need for your strength and power. We need your mighty power, O oh God. We need to put your armor on. We need to put on Jesus, who is the truth, who is righteous, who is good news, and the object of our faith, the source of our salvation, and the word of God. O oh Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, we ask that you clothe us in your Son. May we desire from our hearts to walk in truth. If there be any deceit or any deceitful ways in us, Please reveal it to us, Father God, so that we may repent for our deceit and walk in our truth. May we cover ourselves with your breastplate of righteousness, not our own righteousness, but yours, Father God. If there be any sin, any ongoing sin in us, reveal it to us now, Father, so we might choose to confess and repent of it. Give us the desire to walk rightly before you, Father God. Father, Fit our feet with the good news of Jesus. May our being in Christ be the very source of our identity, both individually and collectively, Father God. May our being in Christ serve as the foundation upon which we are able to stand firm in life, Father God. We need you. We need your help to hold the shield of faith. We thank you that even we are faithless, that you are faithful. To the degree that we suffer from unbelief, help us in our unbelief. Even today, some of us have faith that is wavering. 
We ask that you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, strengthen every faith that is wavering. May our confidence be in who you are and in what you promised to us. Enable us to put on the helmet of salvation that we will be able to take our every thought and bring it into alignment with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Enable us to win the battle for our minds that we might be victorious in the battles of life for your name's sake. Father God, may we hold firmly to your word, the truth that guides us, the truth that encourages us, the truth that provides us with hope. May we hold firmly to your word and especially so in times of hardship and temptation. Give us the ability to discern the lies of the enemy and the power to resist them. Give us the power to think and speak and act in accordance with your word. Thank you, Father. Thank you for giving us access to your throne all day and all night through this avenue we call prayer. It is your presence that we need. It is your word from you, Father God, that we need. May we suit up today and every day in your armor that we might be able to stand firm and win. Thanks for giving us the victory in through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, forever and ever. Amen. We thank you all for listening to this podcast. We hope you thoroughly enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed um, conveying it to you. We can't wait to see you next week on our live. But until then, please remember to be kind to one another. And also remember that God loves you and loves you infinitely. We... Love you all, be well, and take care of yourselves. Bye.